Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Series 5, episode 6. I'm your host, Jazz Wilson, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, wife and life partner, Lucy Wilson. Life partner? Life partner. I've never heard you say that about me before. I I guess, yeah, sure. Like, I plan to be with you for the rest of my life, so... That that is the plan. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> cool. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. You okay? Good. Yes, doing very well. For you today, we have an article that I want to talk about and get your opinion on, Lucy. Okay. I want, want your honest opinion, as always. And we have Album of the Week. Correct. So let's kick off with that. Album of the week. Yeah. Okay, Lucy, last week it was your pick. Tell the people what you picked, why you picked it, what your favourite song is, and how many mics you're going to give it. There was a a lot of things for me to remember, so I'll try and tell you all those things in one. It's it's a lot for my brain to handle right now. So the album was Lame Is, the... 2020, <laughs> oh, that's a good start, isn't it? Version with Carrie Hope Fletcher, Alfie Bow, and Michael Ball. And yes, that was the album. That was the album. Why did you pick that album? I picked that album, so I told you I wouldn't remember. True. You were very specific about that album, not any other album. So, that was a lame album. Yeah, I basically picked the album because I have listened to the original West End recording many many times i've listened to the film version many many times they are both very different and i just thought it'd be interesting to see if this one was different as well and i think after listening to it it was very similar to the west end original version of course because it is a west end stage concert revival so that would be the one that it would be most similar to i suppose but there were some differences but mainly i think in the actors singers but yeah it it was very similar a little bit of difference in the tempo of some songs i thought i don't know if you agree yeah yeah occasionally yeah yeah this wasn't what i was expecting and also i picked it because there are some really big names in it matt lucas is also in it he plays Tenardier? Thank you. Yes. Is it Tenardier? It is. You're welcome. <laughs> and also Michael Ball and Alfie Bow. And I just was intrigued to hear them because you hear them doing a variety of songs, but you don't often, well, I don't particularly listen to them in a full album very often. And obviously the other one that I was interested to listen to was Carrie Hope Fletcher, who is currently in rehearsals for Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella and she has also been Eponine so I was and I've seen clips of her being Eponine so I was interesting interested to see how she would change going to Fon and yeah I think she did a great job because I always picture her as Eponine it was one of the very first roles that kind of made her a star if you like and that that for me is quite iconic for her to play Eponine. So to hear her being Fontaine was very different, but she did an incredible job of it. So that was a pleasant surprise because I imagined that I would just hear her as Eponine rather than hearing her as Fontaine. I would give it... <sighs> a tricky one. Mm, I'm going to say five mics. 
I can't, I can't think of anything to fault it. So why would I not give it five mics is my view on that. And my favourite song... It's tricky because I have songs from the show that are my favourite songs, but specifically to this album... Hmm... I think the docks, you know, the lovely ladies, the docks was actually quite different and I liked the way they changed it up a bit. So, yeah, I'm going to say that one for this album, but not for the show as a whole. Fair enough. Cool. What did you think? It was very different. I felt it was a lot more operatic, but I don't know if that's because of Alfie Bowe's voice. It also might be because it was a concert rather yeah, than... that's exactly what I was thinking. Rather mm. than it being performed as a show, it was performed as a concert. So it's very heavily focused on all the vocals rather than an overall performance for all. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they still perform per se, but yeah, it was it was good. I like Les Mis. It's very classic. It was an okay album like you say some of the timings and tempos i was like oh okay not sure why they've done that but you just go along with it and it it catches up and and finds itself but yeah lame is i always find is very dark in a way a Mm. very very deep and heavy show to watch let alone to just listen so it's mostly sung as well which does make it quite long yeah true very true but yeah it was it was good i enjoyed it i'd probably give it three mics oh yeah middle of the road probably wouldn't listen to it on a, a weekly basis or there's only a couple of songs i'd pick out to put on a, a playlist stars was definitely my favorite that's your favourite anyway, isn't it? Um, uh, Yeah, it's a toss-up between that and Master of the House. See, I prefer mm. the Master of the House from the original recording. I agree. But, but I don't yeah, know if I that's a familiarity thing because because of the certain way they bring across the jokes and the puns and the the like nature of the song. When yeah, you're maybe. used to it, you kind of, when someone does it a different way, it hits the ear a little bit wrong. Yeah, maybe. I just, I just wasn't that amused by the way that Matt Lucas did it. Just the way he portrayed it mm. didn't fit for me. So, but yeah, apart from that, I I enjoyed it. It's, it's musical theatre and that's what we enjoy. So yeah, it was good. It was good. It's definitely good. Do I prefer it to the original? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I agree. But I think that might be, like I say, a familiarity sort of thing. Possibly. Possibly. Carrie Hope Fletcher was awesome in that Mm. role. I I really wasn't expecting that from her. Yeah, very well suited, which I was thoroughly surprised at because I I didn't think she would fit into that role but she did yeah it was good very good okay want to know what surprise i have in store for you this week do i maybe okay here we go okay so for you this week i have ragtime the musical oh original broadway cast recording from 1998 oh so it has a sky blue background with the Statue of Liberty on it 
and the American flag wrapped around her arm saying Ragtime the Musical in red, blue and white, I believe. I see it. Purposefully done. There are two versions of this and we are listening to the original Broadway cast recording with the sky blue background, not the one that is the studio cast recording with the yellow background. Have you seen how long the album is? It's it's (laughs) quite long. (laughs) Buckle up, everybody. We're in for a journey. (laughs) But it's it's not a musical I know well. No, me neither. So I thought maybe it's something we could listen to over time and maybe in chunks. We shall see. We shall see. I'm interested to hear what it's about as you know on this show we like to give you it on face value we won't give you any of the backstory until we review it but go ahead listen to it see what you think let us know it's all an act at outlook.com or you can contact us on social medias from what i can tell it seems okay children it's got no ease next to it on spotify so should be any explicits but I can't make any promises because I know what Spotify's like. Sometimes it has a few words in it that shouldn't really be in it and there's no E next to it. So listen at your own risk, is what I'm saying. So yes, that is our... Ba-da. Album of the week! Ba-ba-bum. Yeah! That is our album of the week. Okay, Lucy, over to you to introduce the next section. Hitting it over to Tom, we are going to have our movie musical review. Take it away, Thomas. Hello, thank you, Jazz and Lucy. Hi, welcome to the movie musicals segment. Did I say that right? I can never remember. MMS, that's how I remember it. Movie, movie, musical movie. Welcome to the bit where we talk about musical films. If you listened last week... When we spoke about Beauty and the Beast, you'll have heard my little teaser this week, which is the 1997 production of Cinderella by, well, the, the Roger and Hammerstein's version. So, yeah, this this film's come up a couple of times in the past on the show. If you're a, a follower, you'll know. So I believe, I could be wrong, I'm sure Jazz will correct me if I am, but I believe this was one of our albums of the week at some point, suggested by Anna. And we also went to see a, a sort of concert version of it a couple of years ago, which I think we also mentioned on the podcast. So if you want to uh, have a listen, then uh, go back and go back and find that episode. If, if you want a bit of an insight into the, the film anyway. I personally had never seen the film until until this week. I knew the music, obviously, because we'd listened to it before and, you know, I'd seen the concert. But yeah, this was my first time actually watching it and and taking it in properly. So yeah, I guess I want to talk about the soundtrack a little bit first because Roger and Hammerstein's have the potential to sound a little bit outdated sometimes. And I wasn't a huge fan of the soundtrack for this film, for Cinderella, as you will know if you're if you if you've listened before. I don't know. I it doesn't really do much for me. I I think it's a little bit boring, if I'm honest. I I don't know. It's really difficult to judge. I think basically at its core, Cinderella is a story that everyone knows, and if you're gonna do Cinderella, it needs to be done differently because otherwise it's not interesting 
So that's something that I think is interesting to grapple with. And I, I just don't think the Roger and Hammerstein's version does anything different. However, I think in the film, in the context of the film, I, I enjoyed the soundtrack. I thought it was it was pretty, pretty good. It was like a nice compliment to, to the film and to the visuals. So uh, bearing that in mind, if you are not a fan of the soundtrack, it might not mean that you don't like the film, you know? Yeah, so let's talk about the, the cast. So we've got Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother, which is, you know, what else do we need to say? It's <laughs> it's uh, it's great casting. And there's also some other people you might recognize. We've got Whoopi Goldberg, uh, who plays, I think her name's Queen Constantina. Yeah, they're, and Bernadette Peters, who plays the stepmother. I mean, they're all worth mentioning because they are, they're fantastic actresses and singers and performers, and they kind of shine, I would say in this film you've also got brandy norwood who plays cinderella pretty pretty good yeah i she hasn't seemed to have done a huge amount like more you know if that sentence makes sense she's done a couple of things and i think maybe she's kind of known for having done sort of like you know films and tv about you know being black like moesha for example which i think is a huge sitcom from the the late 90s so at the time i'm assuming she was you know she was she was super popular yeah what one thing i do want to talk about in terms of casting is the mismatch of uh race and it's not addressed and that's great because it doesn't need to be addressed it's a really nice way to just say these are the characters you don't need to ask any questions you know i think we need a bit more of that in 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 theater and in film as well to be honest i think you know hamilton is something that that has done a really great job with with that it's like well yeah we all know who these people actually were or you know <laughs> we know in this case we know this is a made up story so just go with it. There's some great choreography. Uh, I can't even say that word. Choreography. Yeah, some pretty good choreography. It's quite cliche. Nothing wrong with that, though. I think it is what it needs to be, you know? Yeah, it's it's a fun film. It, uh, it, there, there's some great costumes as well, actually. I, d I didn't mention costumes. It feels very kind of... How to describe it? It feels like a fairy tale land, which, you know, is what you need. It, it's a little bit outdated, the film. I'm not going to lie. It, it does kind of definitely have that late 90s feel to it but depends how you look at it i think that can add to the charm if i'm honest and i think yeah with this film it complements it quite well yeah so i think this is this is definitely an interesting watch if you i i think if you're a fan of of the new sort of disney live action remakes like the new cinderella Beauty and the Beast, then I think it's I think it's it's maybe worth a watch. It's same as I said last week about Beauty and the Beast. It's definitely a Sunday film watch, you know, just to kind of sit back and relax. I think it's a really great family film. I think lots of I think kids would love it, you know. And I, I think it like I said, it, it kind of really leans into that whole fairy tale, fairy tale world type thing, you know, that you picture in your head. One one other thing actually I don't want to forget is I said this film seems a little bit outdated, but I think going back to casting, I don't really want to linger on it because I think it's important to just kind of not make a thing about it because that's what makes it so great. But I think in terms of looking at when this film came out, it was kind of ahead of its time in that sense. And I just want to say hats off 
to the production for that. It's really great to have a black Cinderella and a black fairy godmother and a black queen. You know, I can't speak from personal experience as a middle-class white man, but I, I can imagine that's some much needed representation. But anyway, like I said, I don't really want to linger on that. I think it's important just to acknowledge that and kind of move on. Yeah, so it was directed by Robert Iscove, who I had a look through his IMDb because I had never heard of him. And he's very fun, fascinating. He's done exactly what you'd expect in his career, you know. He directed She's All That, lots of kind of like very bad looking rom-coms. He also did the 1973 Jesus Christ Superstar. He, was, he wasn't the director, but he was additional crew, which I just thought was interesting, especially as we're looking at musicals. Anyway, I looked into uh, his career and he actually got, he didn't win, but he was a primetime Emmy nominee award for outstanding directing for a variety or music program for Cinderella, which, yeah, I think is, uh, is fantastic. So well done him. Yeah, this film's a very easy watch. It's very chill. It's very charming. I'm still not 100% sold on Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella, I'm not going to lie. But I think as a kid, I would really, really have enjoyed watching this. Yeah, you can watch it now on Disney+. And out of five, I'm going to give this a... Oh, what am I going to give it? I'm going to give it two out of five. But no, I'm going to give it two and a half out of five. But that's by no means not a reason to watch it you know that uh, two and a half is is a solid two and a half like go and watch this if you enjoyed the whole casting kind of thing uh, i think you should check out david copperfield which is not a musical and you might think that's really kind of strange suggestion but uh, yeah go and watch the david copperfield film on amazon if you want something i think <laughs> equally quirky funny charming and you know with uh, a little bit of of sort of mixed casting and I think you should also go and check out last week's recommendation which was the live action Beauty and the Beast which is also on Disney Plus along with Cinderella as well the the live action remake with Lily James which is also on Disney Plus yeah I hope you guys had a wonderful time with me this week and I'll pass back over to Jazz join us next week and we are going to be talking about the one and only Sound of Music so do your research but you probably don't need to do any because it's the sound of music. Anyway, back to you, Jazz and Lucy. Love you, bye. Wonderful. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Lucy, for that very cool intro. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now, on to a little article I've got. Now, Shrek, the musical. Heard of it? Nah. Ah, okay. Joking. Yeah, of course I have. Go on. Good. Netflix, heard of that? Sure. They're going to smash them two together on the 1st of April. I've heard. the UK. I don't know. Is this not an April Fool's? That's exactly what I was mm. going to say because I saw it and I thought, ah, yes, yes, yes. And I was very excited. But then I saw it as April the 1st and I was like, is someone pulling my leg? Where did you see it? What's on stage? Okay. So a reliable source, I would say, what's yeah. on stage. Were they not also the source that produced... Ty Jaws. Oh, yeah, Jaws the musical, <laughs> not Titanic the musical. Yeah. No, Titanic the musical is a thing. But yes, Jaws the musical, as if you've listened to us previously, you'll know there was a poster released for Jaws the musical. But it was released on 
the 1st of April, which was an April Fool's. So let's hope that this doesn't happen again. This is what I was thinking, though. It's not released it on April Fool's Day. They've released it saying it's coming out on April Fool's Day. Yeah. So it's not it's not an April Fool's because they've done it beforehand, unless it they're thinking ahead. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But my other thought to possibly think that it might be actually real is that Disney Plus have stolen the market for everything recently, I would say. <laughs> so Netflix are thinking, ooh, poop my pants. How am I going to keep up? That's a technical term. Technical That's term. exactly what they said in HQ of Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, get in touch if you did say that. That would be funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and Disney Plus have been releasing musicals via their streaming service. So have Netflix now thought, how are we going to keep up? We'll try and get some musicals on our streaming service as well so that they're not losing that demographic. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because then you've got, I suppose, Broadway HD is the only other mainstream platform that provides that sort of content. Mm. I mean, there are others, but Broadway HD is the main main go-to. We'll have to wait and see. You can you can get episode. it on DVD, so you can you like can, it's so, yeah. it's not like they're refilming it. There is a film version available. It will just have been that Netflix has bought it. So I could believe it, but we'll wait and see. We'll see. Watch we this space. Exactly. We'll let you know in the next episode because by the time the next episode is out, it would have gone past the first of April. So we shall we shall. Wait in tainted breath. Is that the? Is that I have the never heard same? anyone say that before, but maybe know. it is. Get in contact if it is. If not, you do come I, out with some good laugh. Random stuff. <laughs> That's okay, right? Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, okay, fair enough. Cool. <laughs> awesome. That is all for us for today. But before we go, Lucy, a few episodes back. You said, would you rather? Fingers for toes, toes for fingers. And the people want your answer. Come on, cough it up. Well, my answer is obviously neither. But if I really think about it hard, it would be more practical to have fingers for toes because your feet would be extra hands whereas if you had toes for fingers your movement would be restricted you wouldn't be able to do as much like grabbing stuff if you think about it because toes are shorter whereas if you've got fingers on your toes your feet will be bigger yes but they'll be more able to do things like monkeys okay say the length of your fingers and toes stay the same but they just switch fingers to toes, then what? Still going with the same answer? Well, I don't think it really matters. My fingers and toes aren't that dissimilar. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's an insider. The, <laughs> the length is the main thing that's different about them, no? Oh, okay. Well, what are you thinking? Well, I don't know. The width? <laughs> <laughs> this is the content that the people want. <laughs> <laughs> like, toes are naturally wider than fingers on average 
I would guess. <laughs> I would yeah, guess yeah, yeah. But not that much wider, surely. And the ne- they surely the nail just to to they just item look ratio. Like the toe to nail ratio. Yeah, but they just look like that because of their length and they look wider because they're shorter. I mean they are wider, but they wouldn't look as wide if they were longer. You're welcome. I mean, I would also pick fingers for toes. I think that's probably what most people would pick. And just wear clown shoes. Maybe we should do a poll. Yeah, sure. Let us know what you would rather. Fingers for toes or toes for fingers. Get in touch. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Please follow us on all social media. We love hearing from you. Stay safe. And we will be back in your ears again soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ah. At podcast.